what happens when we hit our mid thirties or so, we begin to develop something called anabolic resistance. It's simply that we have difficulty turning protein into muscle. Over time, as we lose muscle, we lose the ability to burn more calories. That's the primary reason why we begin to gain weight. It's not metabolism. It's simply this protein processing problem. It turns out that there's well-established science that shows how we can overcome this very easily, and I might say very deliciously as well. Hi everyone, and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness where you know we're determined to bring you back to your superpower self. And this is a topic and two guests that I am thrilled to bring to you. I have with me someone who I've known for a while and I'm so happy to reconnect with me is Stephen Perrine. He's been an author, editor, and publisher on more than two dozen New York Times bestseller books, including Eat This, Not That series and my book, right? The 21 Day Valley Fix. We worked on that book together as an executive editor for the AARP magazine and the AARP bulletin and editor-in-chief chief of AARP's The Arrow Newsletter, he oversees health and wellness coverage reaching more than 38 million readers. The former editor-in-chief of Best Life and editorial creative director of Men's Health, he's appeared as a nutrition expert on Dr. Oz, The Today Show, Good Morning America, and The 700 Club. He is impressive with his knowledge and experience in the health and wellness space. I've worked with him. I know this firsthand, but let me also introduce you to Heidi. And Heidi, I hope I say your last name correctly. Skolnick. Did I get that right? Is that right? That's right. Awesome. Okay. She's a nutrition and exercise physiologist and has appeared as well on national media, including the Today Show, Live with Kelly and Michael and the Food Network. She oversees performance nutrition at the School of the American Ballet and the Juilliard School and has been a part of the Women's Sports Medicine Center at the Hospital for Special Surgery for over 20 years. She's previously served as team nutritionist, get this guys, for the New York Giants, New York Knicks, and the New York Mets. I'm actually scared to share nutrition knowledge with her. She sits on the advisory board of the National Menopause Foundation and served on the board member of the National Osteoporosis Foundation for 10 years. She's the author of Grill Yourself Skinny and co-author of Nutrient Training for Peak Performance and the Reverse Diet. Welcome to the show, guys. Thrilled to have you both here. Thrilled to be, first of all, talking about metabolism and metabolism at midlife and even just addressing the health needs of a population that's sort of over 45, over 50, where many people feel expired to be quite honest, or they're, they're maybe subconsciously told they're expired. And I think there's a definite pushback on all of that. So why did you guys write this book? Tell us about the book and tell us a little bit about it and how it even came to be. Well, it really started with uh, my work with AARP, um, the, uh, the organization, knowing that I had done a number of books like this in the past said, you know, could you do something for people in their, you know, at midlife, people in their you know, 50s, 60s. And so when I began to research 
what the nutritional needs of people at midlife were, I was stunned to discover what I didn't know. Mm. And as you read from my credentials, I've been uh, reporting on fitness and nutrition for 25 years. And it was shocking, um, not only how much information is out there, but how little has been reported. And I think it really comes down, as you sort of hinted at, to um, age discrimination. It's okay. prejudice against people who are 45 plus because we're not, um, we're not catered to by the media. And so the information that, that um, Heidi and I uncovered and put into the whole body reset it is really mind-blowing, even though it's very well-established science and um, life-altering to people who, who get their hands on the information. So I can't wait to dig into some of this information in the book, by the way, guys, is the whole body reset. Heidi, what was your sort of lead-in attraction to working on this particular project, especially given that you've worked with so many different types of people, especially athletes? I'm curious to see why you wanted to get involved in this project. Um, well, Stephen called me, you know, we had worked together for so many times in the past. And um, for me, as Steve indicated, I'm, I'm in this world, you know, I sit in the conferences, and I read the journals, and I have the knowledge, but I didn't have a platform to share it. And this has really been a wonderful opportunity to get information out there. And look, I've aged in. So this is my age group now. And my, I hear what my peers are saying and what my clients are saying. And it is information I share in my private practice all the time. And so now to be able to deliver this information that is all science-based because I'm a non-diet dietitian, a nutritionist. Um, so be able to share information that will help people live longer, healthier with function and strength is really what my messaging is all about. So it's really been a terrific opportunity. I think that's incredible. And I, you know, I agree. I think, you know, I'm hitting in this age group too very shortly. And I think that, you know, most of us feel like we still have a lot to do and we still have a lot within us and we want to be vibrant and active. And I can't count the number of women, you know, 40 and above who've sat before me and, and been like, I just don't feel like myself. I am gaining weight. I don't know why I'm starving myself. I'm over-exercising. I'm keto, gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, you name it, intermittent fasting, one meal a day. They're doing it all and nothing's changing. What do we have wrong? What is the information that we are not getting that is making people as they hit sort of this age range feel completely like they're aliens in the mirror? Sure. Well, what happens when we hit our mid thirties or so, we begin to develop something. Everyone, everyone develops something called anabolic resistance. It's, it's simply um, that we have difficulty turning protein into muscle. So every day your body breaks down and builds up muscle. It's a natural process. The older we get, the harder it is for us to build up muscle. And, the, and so what we, we wind up in a muscle deficit. Over time, as we lose muscle, we lose the ability to burn more calories. We lose strength, um, you know, athletic performance but we also lose the ability to store glucose, which is blood sugar. We turn that into glycogen, it's stored in the muscles, and that prevents us from putting on weight gain. Because we're losing between three and 8% of our muscle every decade after our 30s, 
we we begin to that's why we that's the primary reason why we begin to gain weight it's not metabolism our metabolisms don't actually slow down we're not we're not aging and it's not inevitable it's simply this protein processing problem it turns out that there's well-established science that shows how we can overcome this very easily and i might say very deliciously as well it's simply a matter of what's called protein timing you see, our bodies, um, because we have difficulty turning protein into, into muscle, we need to sort of press that button a little bit harder. So if my 14-year-old daughter drinks a glass of milk with eight grams of protein, her body starts turning it into muscle. If I drink a glass of milk with eight grams of protein, my body goes, eh, what? It's a matter of hitting at least 25 grams if you're a woman and 30 grams if you're a man at each meal. When we do that, including breakfast, which is most important because that's when we tend to not get those numbers. When you do that, your body acts as though you were in your 20s. It responds to exercise as though you were in your 20s and it can build back muscle and that muscle helps not only um, prevent weight gain, but fight off inflammation, protect us from everything from heart disease to diabetes to Alzheimer's. And so this is, again, established science, but it's not getting out there. So, you know, that, what's the magic about 20 to 30 grams? Why does that sort of press that, that button versus eight to 10 grams. And does that mean we should be eating like three square meals a day with that amount of protein or can we graze and snack throughout the day? Because if you're grazing and snacking, it's really hard to get 20 to 30 grams at a sitting, right? right? So, right. so that's- so we're, we're, told that we're told, you know, snacking throughout the day or grazing is good for us. Right. It's not, you really need to, um, again, like imagine it's a button and you gotta press that button harder as you get older. In so order to turn on the process. Yeah. It's both dose and timing. So we need a higher amount. There's just a higher threshold by which we need to get the number of amino acids working together. Um, leucine also being one, but we need both dose and amount. And so waiting until evening, which is when many people think about getting in their protein, they've missed these opportunities and you can't make that up later in the day. So yes, you need three squares. And we do know grazing, all, there's a difference between snacking and grazing. Having a snack, we recommend. It can help bridge the hunger gap between meals and also having some protein at that snack can be really helpful. Grazing isn't good because then it's causing our, first, it's hard to know you're really ever full and it's not usually substantial. And then it's causing insulin to be pumped out all day. It's like fatigue going on. So grazing is not a great idea, but having a snack is. In terms of the reset, you know, whole body reset, what we're saying is, and the science is saying that you do need to re reach these threshold amounts in order to keep that muscle building going on. And wow. so yes, those three square meals, what that looks like is different than what we, than what I think often people think. Okay. So then what does that do? What does this whole idea of protein timing do to things like intermittent fasting or the one meal a day? What happens to some of those trends that have come on in the last couple of years? I well, hope that it blows it out of the water. Yeah. 
There, okay. there actually is a, a great study that came out and we've included it. Um, and perhaps you saw it. I believe it was in the Lancet, though. Don't quote me on where it came, where it was published, where it looked at intermittent fasting mm -hmm. and intermittent fasting can be effective for weight loss. But unfortunately, what also goes along with that is a loss of muscle. So anytime you lose weight, you're going to lose some muscle but you want to diminish how much muscle you're using. You want to save that muscle is so precious. So the amount of muscle you lose was double the amount you would lose on a similar caloric level, but spread more evenly throughout the day. Mm. Right. So and intermittent so, fasting right. is the and kind so of thing that, that maybe isn't quite so bad for younger people, but it's terrible for people at midlife. Interesting. That's and also there's other things besides weight loss that we look at, like for, as Steve was saying, it might be okay for younger people. There are some people with metabolic issues, whatever, but there's hormonal issues. So even younger women, mm -hmm. not so great in terms of yeah. the effect it might have on their hormones and, you know, appetite regulation and all of that. So you have to really think and pick and choose what's right for you at your stage of life. So, okay, let's, so let's go back to protein timing. So is this, I get up in the morning and by eight or nine o'clock, I need to have my 20 or 30 grams and then time it every three hours after that. So what's sort of the best kind of rhythm if we're no. trying to truly reset the body? No, that sounds complicated. That's hard. Just get up and have breakfast. You want to have it at eight, you want to have it at nine, you want to have it at 10, whatever, just have breakfast make sure it has 25 to 30 grams of protein in it. That might be a cup of cottage cheese, might be a protein smoothie, might be um, some Greek yogurt with uh, some nuts and hemp seed mixed in. Most of our breakfasts tend to fall short. So, uh, you know, oatmeal with the uh, nuts and berries sounds like a healthy breakfast, but it's probably, probably got less than 20 grams of protein in it. So make sure you have something else, whether it's a little Greek yogurt, glass of milk, something to make up that protein deficit. Um, then have lunch, then have dinner. Um, very, very simple and eat your eat. favorite foods. We don't In need fact, to be like timing it to press this metabolic button, right? right. We don't need to be right. thinking like eight, 11, two, yeah, five. No, 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 it's not yeah. that hard. Okay. It's, it's yeah. just that it is throughout the day as opposed to that oatmeal, which, Certainly there are health benefits to oatmeal, but there's not protein. So it's oatmeal plus that yogurt, right? It's lunch, not a salad, not like an anemic salad right. that, you know, has a sprinkle of beans. You have to get to, again, that dose, that 25 to 30 grams of protein, whether you're putting grilled chicken or you're putting beans with some cheese, you know, however you want to combine it to get to that level. Um, and then again, at dinner, most people get it in at dinner. It's not that hard because that's, traditionally when we think of having, including protein. Right. One question is simply what does 25 to 30 grams of protein look like? Like, I'm sure that is that in the book where people can get like an idea of what 25, so many people look at me and they're like, how do you get that in? Sure. Uh, a piece of meat that's about the size of a deck of cards, okay. a piece of fish that's about the size of a checkbook, a cup of, you know, dairy, like uh, Greek yogurt or, um, Ounces, you know, cottage cheese or what have you. Um, you know, we have in the whole body reset a complete breakdown of exactly what would constitute that. We also have an entire chapter dedicated to how to eat out at restaurants. Mm. So you could literally 
not that you'd want to, but you could literally eat every meal at Wendy's or McDonald's and still follow this diet wow. um, with a little tweaking. So we show you how to eat everywhere from Dunkin' to Starbucks to Olive Garden um, and making sure that you're hitting the numbers you need to hit. It's the protein timing. It's also making sure you're getting enough fiber in there as well. So, and we also include plant-based for the, so for those people yeah, who talk about that. Yeah. or who want to mix and match and have some plant-based right. meals as well as some, you know, animal protein. So there are options and we do, we do have lists of what protein foods are and how much equals that. And we do go beyond just protein in terms of other nutrients that we need as we get older, um, including B12 and our calcium needs and our need for fiber, which is as you know, which has an element to weight management, but also really for our microbiome and staying yeah. healthy through our gut. So there is more to the book than protein timing, but I think the protein, that idea of how much protein, when, and how much is just the cornerstone as we age that will help along with exercise. We do encourage resistance training. You don't have to, protein timing does help maintain more muscle even without exercise, but clearly doing resistance training as we get older is really, really, really helpful to maintain that muscle. And that muscle helps with our bone, it helps with our function, our strength, you know, balance exercising, exercises, all of that, not just cardio, which I think especially people of our age, for some reason, you know, when we were coming up, it was really about how long could you get out there and run or get on that bike or get on that elliptical and go for an hour. But that's not the best thing you can do for your health and well-being. Okay. So you're, you've worked with a lot of athletes, Heidi. So those athletes, as they enter, you know, if they cross that 45, 50 threshold, do they do a better job of preserving their muscle mass or do you see them suffering from the same sort of uh, issue that so many people uh, suffer from because they have so much more muscle mass to begin with or not necessarily? Um, well, I think everybody it's, it is a user or lose it situation. You don't just, you know, if you're fit in your twenties, that doesn't mean even you've gotten a better start than many, but it doesn't mean you're going to maintain that forever. If you don't pay attention to your, your activity, you know, what you're doing. And, you know, athletes, when we say athletes, there's so many different types of athletes. You know, the dancers are athletes. These artistic athletes have a different set of issues than former players who may be used to eating a lot, but not working out as much. They have to transition in a different way. Um, but no matter where you're starting from, and this is really important, that if you've never exercised a day in your life, it's never too late to start. And I really shouldn't even say exercise, it's movement right? There's different, you know, some people are turned off by the idea of exercise. For me, it's like, yes, I can't wait to sweat. It feels good. I'm a former athlete and now I'm a fitness enthusiast, right? But even if you've never exercised and you are starting at a different place, you will see benefits to movement. And it's important to know our body never stops responding. So it's never too late to start to get that in. And when you talk about resistance training as a recommendation, again, people want some structure around that, right? Is it twice a week that makes a difference daily, three times a week, what, 20 minutes, what, what's sort of a good place to begin? So there's all different sorts of strength training and resistance training. Um, but the minimum would be one to two times a week. You do see benefits. So it doesn't have to be all consuming. We do encourage movement more days than not so that you could do, you can get in 30 minutes of cardio, you know, that 150 minutes a week um, is the general recommendation for the minimum, but anything counts. 
for strength training, like twice a week, major muscle groups. Um, so it doesn't have to take very long at all. You can do a lot in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You can do it without a gym or without equipment. The whole body reset has a whole chapter that breaks down beginner, intermediate and advanced workouts. You do them at home in your basement, no equipment needed, just body weight. I love it. And I'm fascinated by this concept of protein timing. And, and many of us in the field have been talking about how muscle really is an endocrine organ. It regulates blood sugar, regulates insulin, insulin resistance. We've talked about before is why we gain weight and store fat and all this other stuff. So I think that this is a really important concept for everybody to sort of latch onto and a little counterintuitive, very counterintuitive to the folks that are keto that have heard, for example, that protein just turns into sugar down the road and furthers that issue of insulin resistance, what would you say to them? Well, I think that understanding, first of all, this is not a high protein diet. This is an adequate protein diet. It is higher than what um, many might be used to doing. It's not the lowest level, but it is not a high protein. It's how you're breaking up that protein throughout the day. And protein for sure does not equal fat. We're, and we still want you to have carbohydrates. We still want you to have fat. You know, we want you to have all foods. Like this is not a restrictive diet in any way. It's about how you're putting it together. And when you're eating, there isn't any food that we're telling you not to eat. And as, as Steve said, this is really simple. And, you know, it's even taking popular, well-researched dietary patterns that are out there that still don't address the needs of us midlife and beyond, yeah. right? Because even something like the Mediterranean diet, which is the highest level of study around, you know, it still doesn't address the protein needs for us as we age. It's right. still not addressing the specific needs around calcium and microbiome and um, vitamin, you know, B12 and some of these other things. So, um, yeah, I, I also think, you know, one of the important things to, to say about the whole body reset is that it is a program that stops and reverses age-related weight gain and muscle loss. Our role is not to strip away pounds in days yeah. or any of the other kind of crazy uh, you know, claims that, that a lot of keto books or things like right. that will, um, will claim. And there's a reason for that because rapid weight loss is almost guaranteed to come back as greater weight gain because as you lose weight you're losing muscle when you lose muscle your metabolism drops and when you go off that crazy restrictive impossible to follow diet that your kids won't eat anything and you can't go out and you can't like go to dinner after 6 30 p.m or whatever weird thing you've planned out that weight is going to come back and it's going to come back greater than ever there's a fascinating study out just this week that I'm sure both of you saw that it was on resting metabolic rate, right? And it was talking about how you have to eat and you have to move in order to keep your resting metabolic rate up. And so when we go on these restrictive diets or highly calorie controlled diets and we lose weight at a faster rate, the body adopt, adapts, right? It's that metabolic adaptation. The body adapts, your metabolism goes back down. Right. So, you know, you're gaining weight again, even though you lost weight initially because there's a new set point, you know, so that slow, very slow methodical weight loss is key but through muscle building, which will help to sustain it rather than through, you know, losing all of that, which then bounces you back, you know, to, to a different set point. And, you know, we, um, we had a pilot program at yeah. ARP 
um, 100 people. And it is true that most all of them lost weight. But I want to really emphasize again that that might be an outcome. Not gaining weight at a certain age is actually a very great accomplishment. Right. Mm -hmm. And really focusing on this pattern, like the whole idea, again, as Steve was saying about, you know, you don't, you can still socialize, like there's, there's nothing here. It allows you to engage in life. I mean, at my age, I'm not interested in having to say, I can't eat after seven, if that's when we're going out for dinner, you know, and I'm not interested in being restricted. And I want to feel good about the body that I have, make peace with my body at some age, you know, there's a lot of crazy dieting that goes on. It is men and women, but we know women is, are particularly, you know, prone to the whole diet culture. And so finding a dietary pattern that promotes health and well-being and participation and enjoyment of food and body acceptance and all of that, I think is a gift. I love it. I think it's so important. Is protein the main thing we've got wrong here? Or are there other pieces that you guys explore in the whole body reset? Ironically, uh, the average American eats about the right amount of protein mm-hmm. every day. They just eat it at the wrong time. We eat all of our protein in the second half of the day. And when you overeat protein, like at night, when you get that 16 ounce steak or whatever crazy thing they offered at Outback, yeah. your body can only process up at most maybe 40 grams of protein. So all the rest, the body can't do anything with it except turn it into fat. Mm. So- so it's that it's that finding that balance that's important. Um, fiber, but it's also about increasing our fiber intake. Um, the average American eats about 15 grams of fiber a day. Ugh, we should 11, get closer 11. to 30 grams of fiber a day mm-hmm. for a number of different reasons. Hunger set, you know, it manages hunger. It helps fight inflammation. It keeps our microbiomes healthy. And uh, so we help you to, to do that as well, Navigate to keep your fiber intake, and then to maximize the amount of um, fruits and vegetables. A very interesting study found that older people who eat the most fruits and vegetables have the highest amount of muscle mass. Wow. I had no idea. But again, it goes to, well, this goes to the idea of inflammation. So one of the things we're going to do is we're going to keep inflammation down because inflammation is fat's friend and muscle's enemy. Mm. So imagine it's a tug of war. On one side, you got muscle. On the other side, you got fat and inflammation. Every day you wake up and decide who's going to win the day. Mm. I love thinking about it that way. This is all such good information, guys. When, uh, When does the Whole Body Reset launch or when is it released? The Whole Body Reset comes out on March 1st. Awesome. At quality bookstores, bookstores near you. That's right. Well, I'm excited. I definitely will be sharing this. I think I meet so many people who struggle with this particular issue, really get frustrated, really get down, right? Like really get upset, get down, have trouble getting through their day. So this is important information and the idea of protein timing without restricting ourselves like crazy sounds amazing. So for everyone listening out there, definitely, if this is an issue that has been bothering you or you know somebody entering kind of this next phase then definitely make sure they get their hands on this and by the way this whole timing protein timing and theory of inflammation and insulin resistance all these words we've used 
play also into hormone balance. So all of it's connected and all of it's related for sure. So thank you both. Thank you. And if anyone wants to connect with either one of you, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, you can, uh, you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at eatwellnyc. What about you, Heidi? Heidi Skolnick, both on Twitter and Instagram. And they're welcome to um, email me or look up sports. Um, that's not my uh, Heidi Skolnick or nutrition conditioning, which gotcha. is a harder one. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you both so much for sharing your knowledge and this wonderful book with us. We can't wait to get our hands on it. And for everybody else watching or listening to this episode of Super Women Wellness, thank you for joining us and remember to rate and review it and share it with your friends. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure.